Bibles this morning, turn to John chapter number 6, John chapter number 6, and if you're able to stand for the reading of God's Word out of respect for the Word of God, let's do that this morning. I think it uh, is fitting to say that you honor the Lord by your presence in His house this morning, and I, I appreciate you being here, but I know the Lord is pleased with us being here John chapter number 6 this morning, I've entitled the message, Little is Much When God is in it. Little is Much When God is in it. John chapter 6, verse number 1, the Bible says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them, that were diseased. Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him. He saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he, he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here that hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Let's pray. Lord, thank you this morning for your miraculous, wonder-working power. And God, I thank you for the enabling that you give to us. Now, Lord, we may not be much, we may not have much, but we know that little is much when God is in it. Now, bless the Word of God, bless the message. Speak to hearts today, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The Bible says again in verse number 6, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Do you know that God already knows what he's going to do? Right? He's God. I mean, I think about our lives and I think about how life many times seems to be a series of highs and lows, ups and downs. We face valleys and mountains and it seems like sometimes we don't know if we can take another step. Job said, the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. Our obstacle, and you can call it whatever you want, you can name it whatever you want, you can, you can attach whatever you want to it, that obstacle in your life, to you it is overwhelming. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I don't know how I'm going to be a part of God's plan. 
And when that happens, the tendency in your life and mine is to do one thing, and that is to quit. But remember that when we make that decision, we are quitting and giving up on the Lord. Need I remind you this morning, in case you forgot who God is, about what God can do? The Bible describes Him as the creator of this world. He's the master of the sea, the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He is the one who was and is and is to come. He's still God. And we need to remember that very fact that God is still on the throne. God is sovereign. God is still able. And when we look at a passage like we saw this morning in John chapter 6, we're reminded here of the same thing that many of us face in life, a situation that seems absolutely impossible to man. I mean, there was about 5,000 people there. The Bible talks about in one other instance that that was the men, not counting the women and children. How in the world, without a McDonald's, are they going to feed all these people? You know, it's a great question. I think about this past week, and how in the world are we going to reach every person in this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can I tell you the same God that Andrew and Philip and Thomas and John was with is the same God we worship today? If God was able then, God is still able today. God's power hasn't waned. God is still the almighty God. He is still able to meet every specific need, even though it may look impossible to us. You know what it is? It's just an opportunity for God to display his awesome power. Aren't you glad when God does it in your life, when God shows himself strong, when God shows his power in your life? Look, many of us, we realize that our strength and our power only goes so far. But God is all-powerful. And here we see in John 6 that it was an opportunity for God to show his ability to overcome even this situation. Folks, there is no exception that God can do all things. So as you come to church this morning and you got up and you went through this week, this, this past week, maybe this week coming up, whatever burden that you carry, whether it's something personal, whether it's something at work, whether it's something uh, related maybe to family or something else, whatever it is, I want you to look at that burden today in your mind. I want you to think about whatever that is that you're facing. And then as you look at that burden, I want you to look also at the greatness of our God, the power of our God, and realize that whatever it is that you're facing, that God can handle that problem. That's what the disciples needed to learn. They spent time with the Lord and they realized on this day in the life of the Lord Jesus that when little is much and God is in it, God can do something miraculous. And I want you to see this morning what happens when little is much and God is in it. Notice what we saw this morning and what the disciples experienced, first of all, was an overwhelming situation. The Bible again describes how Jesus goes and 
he goes into a mount and he sits down with his disciples. But the Bible describes that it was the Passover, a feast of the Jews, that it was close to that time. And Jesus, he lifted up his eyes. In other words, many times we, we don't want to see what is really there. But when Jesus looked, he saw a great company, a great group of people coming unto him. And here's what he says. He says unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, again, look at verse 6. I want you to see it. Here's the whole reason that he said this. By the way, it was like when he was dealing with Peter. Many times when the Lord would direct a question to one of the disciples, he knew the other 11 were listening. And the Bible says here, he says to Philip, he says, I want you to go buy some bread that these people can eat. And he said this to prove him, for he himself knew. He already knew what he was going to do. You know, God, that tithing challenge that I was talking about, that's a, that's a way that God is wanting you to prove that you love him, that you have faith that God can do the impossible. And the Bible says here he knew what himself, himself what he was going to do. Look, whatever it is in your life that you're facing today, the Lord knows what you're facing. Understand that Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, but the Bible says that he was without sin. And so I want you to see here, even in the days in the Old Testament, look at Joshua chapter 2. The Bible says, they said unto Joshua, look at this, truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. I don't know if you really understand what was going on here, but as they went into that land, God had promised to give them that land. So just like here in verse number 6, Jesus knew how he was going to handle this situation even before the situation materialized. When God sent his children into that land, God already knew what he was going to do before they ever got there. And the Bible says that they said to Joshua, the Lord hath delivered. It already happened even before they got there, folks. And I want you to see this morning that as we think about this, there needs to be the recognition of the situation, how that he knows the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. God has the answer, folks, to the question before the question is even asked. You know, if you're sitting here this morning saying, Lord, I don't, I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle this. God already knows the answer before you even ask the question. You see, you need to recognize the situation, and God is already ahead of you in the game. How about when he sent his prophet, Elijah, and look what the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 17, the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. You know, Elijah didn't even have to go to Walmart. God just sent the, the food to him. God knew when he got to that brook what he was going to do before Elijah ever got there. And folks, we need to recognize, even in an overwhelming situation, we need to recognize that God is well aware. That notice what I see here, look at letter B, is there needs to be a request for faith. The Bible says in verse number 6, for he himself knew what he would do. But he said that to prove Philip and prove the others. See, all of us as Christians are supposed to live our lives by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And when we look at this, the Bible says without faith, 
It's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. There was a day when Jesus was with His disciples, another day not where we're at here in John 6, where Jesus heard the words that were spoken and He says to the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. I wonder this morning, how many of you really believe that God is able, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him? Or are your eyes so focused on the overwhelming situation? See, do you recognize who God is and what God can do? There needs to be a request for faith, but notice as they are there, what do these disciples do? They're like us. I see that they have a response of the flesh. You see, when you think about their response, look at verse number 7 again. Philip answered, he says, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. You know what Philip was saying, like many of us? Philip was saying, I, I can't do it. We, we can't do it. Philip was saying, it's never been done like this before. This is impossible. And as we think about this, look, his response, you know what it was? It was something that was centered around money. That's the way many of us, even those cards this morning, we're just thinking about dollars instead of thinking about what does God want us to do. Many of our decisions are based on the almighty dollar. But if you turn over that bill and you look on the back, it says something like this, in God we trust. It's interesting they put that statement on currency. In God we trust. I look at this situation, I studied it out. The Bible mentions 200 penny worth. A lot of times I, I like to figure out exactly how much that is. Back in that day, they used many different types of currencies. This one was called a denarius or a denarian. And uh, this particular currency in the amount, 200 penny worth, just to give you an idea, they said it was equivalent to about eight months wages. So what a grown man would make in eight months, they said that's, that's not even enough money to buy enough food for all these people. And look, honestly, many of us have sat down, we've tried to do the math. Uh, folks, look, that's why that card is a faith promise commitment. If you sit down, if you can make some sense out of it, it's not faith. Let me say that again. It's not faith if we can figure it out. And we have to learn to trust God. And that's what they were doing here. They were trying to figure this out. Now, to give you an idea, nowadays, that eight-month salary, the 200 penny worth, it'd be worth in U.S. dollars right now, they estimate about $12,000. They said not even $12,000. I can almost spend that much just going into Walmart. To walk out with three bags and it's about that much sometimes. But look at what it says in verse number 8 and 9. Because in verse 7, Philip makes the statement, he says, you know, 200 penny worth is not enough. In verse 8, one of his other disciples, Andrew, which was Simon Peter's brother, here's what he says in verse 9. He says, there is a lad here. Isn't that interesting? There just happens to be a lad here. There was 5,000 men that were there. And so it's interesting that, that Andrew knew about this little boy and he had five barley loaves and two small fishes, and what are they among so many? So even here, his statement about what this boy had, 
Andrew's response was similar to that of Philip's. It was centered around the very same thing, what cannot be done. You know, I, I look at that and I think of myself, I, I've studied that out many times. I don't know if it's completely accurate. They claim, you know, it's just a small boy's lunch. I don't know how small the boy was, but some type of small little pieces of bread that maybe his mother made for him. And I've heard many different uh, discussions about what type of fish. If it was, if Brother Gilbert would have been there, it would have been sardines. You know, I, I, am, I just haven't come to the place. I guess I'm not spiritual enough to eat sardines, but I know some people love sardines. Matter of fact, they say they're one of the most healthy foods you can eat. But I'll let those of you that like them eat them instead of me. But this boy had a lunch, and yet even, even Andrew's comment was, yeah, but what, what is that? I mean, there's a boy here. I mean, I discovered he's carrying around a lunch. But again, what, what can be done with that? I mean, it's not much. And when I think about Philip's response, and I think about Andrew's response, look back at verse number 5, because the Bible says, Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he saw this great company. You know what Jesus, the Son of God, was saying? He was saying, like we've been saying this last week, what are we going to do to handle this? How are we going to meet the need? I mean, we, look, folks, we can sit around and talk about it all day long. You know, see the need, take the lead. What are we going to do? Jesus is asking, and I've given you there in your notes four responses to that question, how are we going to handle this? One is, his disciples said, hey, let's just get rid of the problem. I mean, that's, that's the spiritual Christian thing to do, right? Hey, why don't we send these people away to where they can go get their own food? You know, the disciples, they must have been Baptists. Because I, even the woman at the well, Jesus went and talked to the woman at the well. They went in town to look for a place to eat, you know? They came back with food saying, hey, Jesus, Jesus said to them that time, he says, my need is to do the will of him that sent me. They were always thinking about their belly. That's why they had to be Baptist, you know. But I see what happens here is that they say, hey, look, why don't we just send them away where they can buy enough food for themselves? Look at the second response to Jesus' question is they're thinking to themselves, well, let's just raise some money. You know, we don't have enough money, so... Let's just raise some money. The third response is, we have a little, but it's, it'll never be enough. But I love the fourth response. Look at it. Why don't we just let Jesus have it? I mean, I know it's not much. Little is much when God is in it, right? It's just a lad, insignificant little boy, got a little bitty lunch, a couple loaves, a couple barley loaves. Too small fish, little as much when God is in it. And I see here that, you know, when I look at this, many times what we do is we listen to the flesh, do we not? Can I look at, look at me for a second? Don't listen to the flesh because it lies. It does. Many times the flesh lies to us. God's not looking for excuses. You know what he's looking for today? He's looking for faith. 
You see, it was an overwhelming situation, but notice there was also insignificant supplies. We've already talked about this. Notice letter A, the size of the gift. You know, God's able to take little things and use them. You see, I could give you a lot of examples in the Bible, but I see things like God took a stick and he parted the Red Sea. Remember, David picked up five stones, but he only needed one, didn't he? I think about a, a widow that was starving and God just used a little bit of meal. Folks, listen, your ability and your resources, they might be small, but when we give them to God, God can do anything with them. Somebody said when God is going to do something wonderful, it begins with the difficult. When God is going to do something miraculous, He starts with the impossible. I believe God wants to work some miracles even in our day. So what did Jesus do? Look at verse number 11. Here's what I see is, in verse 11, Jesus took the loaves. And when He had given thanks, He distributed to the disciples, the disciples to them that were set down, likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. What did Jesus do? He took it. Whatever you want to give to God, you know what God will do? He'll take it, He'll bless it, and He'll multiply it. Jesus took the gift of this young boy, even though the size of it wasn't much, and God will use the resources. And listen, God will use what you already have, what you already possess, and He'll multiply it in marvelous ways. Notice the sacrifice of the giver. This little boy, you know what he gave? He gave it all. Now, I know God gave us his word and God gave us everything that we need in God's word, but I don't see anywhere in there where the little boy said, hey, that's mine. You can't have it. No, they asked this boy, <clears throat> you know what he did? He gave it. How much of it did he give? All of it. Just like the widow. That's what God's asking of us today. God's asking us to give to Him, whether it be great or small. And you know what God will do? He'll use it for His glory. God will be glorified no matter what size our gift is. It's not about the size of the gift. It's about the heart of the one that's giving. Does God need us? No. But God allows us to be involved. And here's the thought this morning. Be like that little boy. Don't hold on to what you have. Give it to God. God can do something in a wonderful way, and we need to allow ourselves to take, allow God to take that which we have and use it. But notice, let her see, I see that the sacrifice of the boy, but I see a stain of doubt. Look back in verse number 9. The Bible says there is a lad that has... Five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they? I mean, seriously, Lord, this is all I have to give you. It's not much. Remember what Thomas said? And Thomas is the one we oftentimes call the doubter. Do you know Thomas is not the only one in the Bible that doubted? Wouldn't you hate to be known that way? Remember when Jesus appeared to his disciples Thomas wasn't there. Thomas showed up and they said, oh, Thomas, you missed it. And Thomas uttered these words, except I shall see, I will not believe. 
except I shall see. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith. We shall live by faith and not by sight. See, if we have to see it, it's not faith. There's people in the Bible, again, Thomas, John 20, Jesus, he comes and Jesus appears again and Jesus says to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. You know, Jesus didn't have to show himself to Thomas, but he did. You know why? Because I believe he had something great for Thomas's life. And there's been many times that God has shown me, but you know what it requires from us? Faith. Faith. The Bible says in Matthew 14, 31, Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught him. This is the passage where Peter began to sink and he says unto Peter, O thou of little, what? Faith. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Just like Thomas, Peter had moments of doubt in his life. How about Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist? The Bible says, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. I mean, you know what Zacharias is thinking? I'm an old man. There's no way I can be a daddy. But remember, God says, listen, it's possible. God gave him a son. I see in Luke chapter 24, again, Jesus dealing with his disciples. Look at the question. He said to them, why are you so troubled? Why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Many times we think, I just don't know, Lord. But notice what Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty two: Have faith in what? In God. doesn't say have faith in yourself. doesn't say have faith in your paycheck. doesn't say have faith in uh, your abilities, your power. It says have faith in God. You see, I see a stain of doubt because of the insufficient supplies. But notice this morning, I also see there was an abundant surplus. An abundant surplus. The Bible says, look at verse number 10. Jesus says, you, you got to understand, we're, we're past the doubt. We're past the, well, 200 penny worth, not enough. We're past the boy with the lunch. Look at verse number 10. Jesus said, make the men sit down. Remember, he said he, he knew himself what he was already going to do. He said, I'll tell you what, since you're not able, since you don't believe, I'm just going to show you what I can do. So the Bible says here, he says, make, make the men sit down. And there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in, in number about 5,000. He took the loaves and he gave thanks, distributed to his disciples, disciples to them that were set down likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And notice that Jesus was not disturbed by the lack of faith, uh, the way the disciples were asking, acting. You and I, listen, we will never have a problem that's greater than God's ability. Whatever your problem is, it will not be greater than God's ability. And here's what I see is I see the faltering were sanctified. Jesus, this is great. He used those that were doubting to actually be the ones to feed the hungry. He says, listen, I'm going to turn this back on you. He says, I'm going to let you, you that didn't think it was possible. Now, can you imagine what it was like 
to be Philip or Peter. And they, they just keep thinking, well, this basket's only so big. It's only going to go so far. Folks, the Bible says they gave and they gave and they gave and they gave. The Bible says they were all filled. Filled. You know, it's like some people back at the donuts back there on Sunday morning. <laughs> Folks, it's not a breakfast meal. It's just a light donut. And the Bible says that they were, they fed those. Why did Jesus do this? Why did he have those that doubted be the ones that fed those that were hungry? He did this to teach them who was in control, that he was. See, when it looks impossible, what do we need to do? Just keep looking to the Lord. Just keep serving the Lord. He'll reveal his purpose in his timing. The Bible says these things are impossible with men, but listen, they are not impossible with God. God will do the impossible so that we ourselves, just like the disciples on that day, can help to feed the hungry in this world. You see, I see the faltering, we're sanctified, but notice the famished, we're satisfied. Those people were hungry. They've been, they've been away from home. The Bible says the Passover was nigh, they've been without food. Some of you right now are going, man, I hated that I missed breakfast this morning. I came in and all the donuts were gone on the table out back in the church. Had a boy come in earlier and he says, Pastor, do we have any more coffee? I said, over there. I pointed over to the coffee thing. He goes, they're empty. I said, then we don't have any more coffee. <laughs> Listen, the Bible says they were satisfied. How many of you would say today that Jesus satisfies you? Amen. Right? God's word satisfies? You know, I, I think about my life. Folks, look, there were so many holes in my life, so much void in my life. But when Jesus came, he satisfied every need in my life. Some people estimate, and there's a couple other places you could go to, Many believe that there were over 20,000 people. Now, look, I'm not going to argue with about, about the number. I don't know how many, but I know this. Thousands of people ate and were filled by five barley loaves and two small fishes. You do the math. Let's say it was just 5,000. You do the math. They were filled. Jesus took the little... And he turned it into a lot. The Bible says unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Folks, look, you and I can't even in our finite minds figure out how in the world. But I'll tell you this, we don't have to. All we have to do is give God our little. And little is much when God is in it. Place your little in the Lord's hands. And what's God going to do? Multiply it. You see, I see the famished were satisfied, but look at, I see the faithless were stupefied. <laughs> I love that word, stupefied. I told, I told the people, if you weren't here on Tuesday night, this is what I told them. I said, look, 
you prove God. Just go ahead and give by faith. You prove God. And I said to them this one thing. I said, but here's what I ask. I want you to come find me and tell me how God began to open up the windows of heaven and poured you out a blessing that you couldn't receive it. I said, I can't wait. I said, it's not if, it's when. You hear me? It's when. God has promised. And the Lord took the little that that lad had that day, and what did he do? Those that were faithless, how many disciples were there? Yeah, right? Twelve. Now look at your passage. Look at verse number 12. Isn't it interesting? It's in verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled how many baskets? Can you look here? Can you see the 12? Each one of them's got a basket. Why did he pick 12? Because they were all going 200 penny worth, not enough. There's a lad here, he's got a lunch, not enough. I mean, maybe there were others going, hey, this this is not enough. So every one of them is standing there with a basket filled. And they're all looking around going, one, two. Didn't, didn't we just start with a little lunch? Didn't he just have like five little barley loaves and two small fishes? How in the... All these people have eaten and they're filled and we still have 12 baskets, but we started with five little loaves and two fishes. Folks, are you seeing what I'm seeing? I'm seeing that little is much when God is in it. Folks, if we could tap into what God is saying in His Word, that he wants to bless our lives. What God wants to do is move into our situation. And when God does, it'll amaze you. Look what the Bible says. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. You know what that means? If I can put this in my own terms, God's just waiting up in heaven today. And he's got a whole boatload with your name on it. He's already prepared it for you. You know what he's waiting for? For you to give him your little lunch. For you to step out by faith. For you to say, Lord, here it is. It's not much. Look, do not look at the things that, that you face in life and say like the disciples, there's no way. As long as there's a great God on the throne there is a way. Look what Isaiah said. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and part a path in the mighty waters. Jesus said it himself. I am the way. God will make a way when there seems to be no other way. Folks, I don't understand it. I just know that God is faithful. And if we get it into His hands... He will handle it, and much will come of it. And the question this morning is, what can you bring to the Lord today? Or can I say it this way? Is there a lad here? 
Is there a lad that would be willing to give what he has so that God can take it, bless it, multiply it, and feed the hungry in this world? Let's bow our heads this morning. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, as you think about the message this morning, where are you at in your life? Do you know the one that we've been talking about this morning? The one who can save you from a Christless eternity? The one who came and gave his life that you could have a home in heaven someday? See, far greater than a spiritual, than a physical meal, he came to provide eternal life. Jesus told a woman in the Bible, he says, if you drink of this water, you'll never thirst again. He was talking about eternal life. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, that's the most important decision you'll ever make, is to trust Him. If you don't know for sure that heaven would be your home, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Salvation is of God. It's not of us. The Bible says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Make sure that you're trusting your eternity in the Lord Jesus. And if you're here today as one of his children, I know years ago God just opened my heart to this, what I, what I spoke to you about this morning, about how God has a plan for everyone to hear the gospel. And it's my responsibility to be a part of it. Everyone should be a part of this. God wants us to not be faithless. God wants us to have faith in him. And if you're one of God's children this morning, the question you should ask yourself is, would I be like that lad? Would I be willing to give what I have so that others might be fed? Let's stand this morning as we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The piano's playing this morning. If God's speaking to you this morning about something in your life, maybe it's in the area of faith, maybe you don't know for sure that you're saved, why don't you step out this morning why don't you come down this morning? There's some men here that would meet you, that would help you help someone to take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to heaven someday. If you're here today and you don't know for sure, would you settle that? And if you're one of God's children, maybe you want to come this morning and say, Lord, I haven't been giving what is rightfully yours. I haven't been tithing. Maybe you just need to come this morning and say, Lord, with your help, I believe that you are able. God may have put something on your heart in the area of giving to missions. Maybe it's something you've never done before. Why don't you just trust the Lord? As you heard those missionaries on the video presentation, there are many souls in this world that are waiting for a preacher to come with the gospel so that they can hear that God loves them, Christ died for them. Will you be a part of sending someone so that they can go? Brother Pock's going to go to Japan. He needs somebody to support him. Brother Jeff's going to the U.S. military overseas. He needs somebody to get behind him, somebody to support him. Brother Ryan in Ohio, 
Let's take a moment as we pray that God would seal to our hearts what he would have us to do this year in the area of missions.